Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, it's Candice and Kayla, and we are Directionally Challenged. Yeah, we thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we're in our 30s. But surprise, we don't. No, we don't. But that's okay. (laughs) It is okay. And I love how every time I say this intro, I put my arms out really high. I'm like committing to it as you are. (laughs) You're like sound of music style. Might as well just be like dancing in a field saying we're okay. It's all okay. Julie Andrews over here. That's right. Especially in 2020, it's nice to be able to admit that you don't have everything together. And it's really refreshing because for so long, I felt like I was trying to act like I had it all together. Doing this podcast and being able to admit I don't has really been cathartic for me in life. It's really helped me in a lot of areas of my life. So thanks. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. No, what do you feel like? What, what's been the biggest shift? Like what do you, is there something like that on a daily basis, you're more forgiving to yourself? Are you more forgiving in conversations with friends or family? Do you feel like what, what do you have? How have you felt that shift? 
I think the Virgo in me has always grown up wanting everything perfect and trying to seem like everything's perfect. And now that we have this podcast, it feels like we spend a lot of time talking about how it's not perfect. So it's giving me permission to just allow it to be however it is and whatever it is, it's good enough. So it's giving myself that that kind of self-love, learning how to love myself in no matter what state I'm in. And it's okay if I'm a mess. It's okay if you're a mess, Candace. I still love you. <laughs> Thanks. I know. They, honestly, between this podcast and us now living in the same neighborhood, it's been like game changers for my mental health and being able to just uh, swim around in some like a nice pool of authenticity for a while. You know, Ooh, just enjoy that. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of swimming in a pool of authenticity, what what a what a segue. Uh, guys, we're so excited. We have author Robbie Couch joining us today to celebrate his debut novel, The Sky Blues. It's due to come out on April 6th, 2021. The Sky Blues is a witty, heartfelt, and ultimately hopeful novel that follows Sky Baker as his secret promposal gets leaked to the entire town in a deeply homophobic e-blast. Robbie is a journalist whose work primarily focuses on LGBTQ plus issues and progressive causes. Robbie's writing has been published in Huffington Post, Upworthy, and Oh, The Oprah Magazine, among other outlets. He holds a degree in journalism from Michigan State University. He lives in Los Angeles where he remains in constant fear of aggressive birds and always on the prowl for his next bowl of noodles. We love Robbie Couch. Without further ado, here is our interview. We love you. We love your last name. We were just talking about how awesome it would be to grow up with the last name Couch. It's interesting. I remember my principal mispronounced it when I was graduating, even though I know her really well. And she said, Robbie Couch. And I was, it was pretty heartbreaking. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but it's a it's a pretty great last name. I will. I gotta say, I'm comforted by that because my maiden name is Akala, and it's spelled A C C O L A, and no one could ever pronounce it. And I went to the same school from first grade all the way until I graduated. And I still graduated with someone saying Candace Acola, and I was like, God, twelve year, twelve years later. Yeah, just can't that was, that was my situation i'm like come on i went to the same school district for 12 years <laughs> <laughs> all working <laughs> it's like they gotta burn you just one last time on the way out <laughs> well we're so excited to talk about your book the sky blues um so I know that in reading interviews online that uh you mentioned that there were many drafts to this novel um but the fact that sky wasn't coming out and he was already out. Was that a choice that you made early on specifically when you knew you wanted to write this book? That's a really good question. Um, there were a few different versions of the Sky Blues where I toyed with if he should be out at the very beginning, if there should be a coming out process. But I think I got to the point where coming out stories, although very powerful and valuable within like the YA space and within the literature space in general, I think at the same time, there should be, there's a lot more to the queer experience than just the, you know, conventional coming out story. And so, yeah, I think it was sort of an intentional decision I made um, pretty early on in the drafting process to have the story begin with Sky being out. And, and uh, he's still, I think, as is the case with a lot of people when they just come out, there's still that 
process of getting used to being in your own skin and feeling comfortable in who you are. But he is an openly gay uh, 17-year-old, which is how the story begins, which is not my experience. I came out in college, so he was braver than I was. Yeah, it was interesting. When I was researching you, you kept referencing how he was braver than you. And that was something I really wanted to know is how is he braver than you? Because you online, you seem so brave and so lovely and awesome and and so does Sky in the book. And so we were wondering, you know, obviously there are some parallels between the two of you, but how close are you to Sky and what are the differences between the two of you? Yeah. So first of all, thank you for thinking I'm brave. I hardly feel that way. But um, yeah, I would say it's, I've been saying it's autobiographical-ish, like the setting that uh, Sky lives in small town, Michigan, um, growing up gay in like a relatively conservative, somewhat closed-minded town. That's very much my experience. So a lot of that informed the world that Sky lives in and the story itself. But in terms of Sky, the character, he experiences a lot that I did not have to experience. Um, my family was uh, and continues to be very supportive and accepting. And if you read the book, you know that's a little bit different than Sky. Um, there's some pretty horrible things that happened to Sky in the book at school that I didn't have to experience because I was out in high school. So. Um, so yeah, I would, I would think that the world he lives in was definitely informed by my own experiences being, uh, being gay in small town Michigan, but it's, I would not consider it a, a pure autobi- autobiography. Yeah. What was the name of the town you grew up in Michigan? I am from Clio, Michigan, which is, I don't know if people do this in your life and they point to the hand for Michigan. Only people from Michigan do this. (laughs) Have you seen like that meme or video? For those of you who can't see us, we're holding up the hand and Robbie's showing us on the hand, like the state of Michigan. Anyone from Michigan knows exactly what I'm doing. Probably most people. Yeah, so in the state of Michigan, I'm from like this area, which to people who can't see is like the near the thumb-ish. Um, it's an hour and a half north of Detroit. It's actually right outside of Flint, Michigan. Um, so the exact uh, specific town I grew up in wasn't uh, Rockledge, which is the fictional town that Sky grows up on Lake Michigan, um, which is in northern Michigan in the story. So there's not exact parallels to the town I grew up in, but it was def- it definitely made a big impact growing up in, you know, like the blue-collar Rust Belt area of the country. Um, definitely made an impact on the on Sky's story and his experiences, for sure. I know you mentioned that you came out later in college. Was there anyone, I mean, small towns, like how small are we talking? Because when I think small towns, I think of like where my mom grew up, where it's like literally everyone owes everyone. You know, there's kind of just like one main street. There's like one place to go on every holiday where the whole town shows up. Is it kind of like that or is it a little bit... Um, yeah, it's, so there was like one high school in my town. I graduated with like, I think two to 250 people. So it wasn't like tiny, 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 but it was definitely small enough where people were definitely like in each other's business. You knew what was going on with everyone. Um, it was very easy for like rumors or gossip to spread around town in like one weekend. Um, so yeah, so maybe not the tiniest of small towns, but it definitely had that small town. Uh, vibe. And I think for a lot of queer people who grew up in those sorts of communities, it can feel very suffocating and isolating at times because it feels like you're kind of stuck in this 
um, in this bubble that's really impenetrable and hard to escape and, and to access the bigger world. So, um, and was anyone out in your town? Like, was there at all, like any sort of where you felt like, oh, this is a safe place for me to say I, I'm gay or I think I'm gay, or, like to explore any anything like that when you were younger or not really? Yeah, there were, when I look back at middle and high school, there were just a couple people in my school that were out, which looking back now as a 31 year old, I think about how brave and courageous those kids were to come out in middle or high school. And that would have been like the early 2000s where there weren't any openly gay teachers or openly gay administrators. There was no um, I don't know if you guys have heard about like gay straight alliance clubs that are in high schools now that are, yeah, there was really nothing at my school uh, like that. Um, so yeah, there wasn't really a blaze trail to follow in terms of looking at other openly queer students and thinking, oh, okay, they did that. So can I, there was just a few of them and I wasn't really friends with them. They were older than me. Um, so yeah, it was, it was tough. And so I think it, it made more sense for me just like look back on my own journey that, you know, I would wait to college to come out until I really felt like I was in like a safe space where I could really be myself and, and, uh, feel good about it. So yeah, it was tough. And I think hopefully we've made some progress in that way in terms of schools and communities being inclusive for queer kids, but, um, it's still tough out there, which is one of the big reasons why I wrote this book. <laughs> Right. And you saying you didn't come out until college. Where did you, did you leave Michigan to go to school? And that's what made it easier? It, um, so I went to Michigan State, which was oh, you did. an hour away from my, from my hometown. Yeah. Um, but even though it was relatively close, I think just physically moving away from my small town made it, um, made that leap a little bit easier for me. Um, again, I have a very include, like supportive family, inclusive family, but I think still separating myself from the community and, and kind of starting a new chapter, it felt um, like that was the best decision uh, for me. But yeah, I had the very like stereotypical move away to college, come out of the closet, come home for Christmas vacation and then came out to the rest of my family sort of experience. Um, and what was their response to it? I mean, what was the, what was your experience? Like, it's so lovely to hear that you had parents that were so supportive. And so you finally, you know, break that moment in college, which is a little bit easier. You have the freedom to do that. Then you come back home, which is always harder what, to people, you know, and love the people have known you forever, even though they are supportive. How difficult was that? Yeah, it was definitely difficult because I think that even though I, I knew they were going to love me, I knew they would be supportive. I didn't, there was just kind of this uncomfortable dynamic that took place where they didn't know what questions to ask. I didn't know what, com what questions I felt comfortable with them asking. Mm -hmm. So there was definitely some like walking on eggshells for a while, um, which I think can, is pretty common. But uh, I so the very first person I came out to was actually my sister. And I wrote her, I was the person that like, write. I write letters. <laughs> so I wrote her a letter where I explained, um, basically I came out to her and explained my whole situation. And I remember leaving to go back to school over Christmas break and leaving her with the letter and saying, okay, don't read it until like I leave the house and then like call me in a few days or whatever. And we'll talk about it. Cause I was so terrified of like being next to her as she would read it. And or she didn't listen to me and she like read it as I was like pulling out of the driveway. So then we 
we had like this very like it felt like I was in a movie where it was like raining and we met at this like podunk dive bar between like my college town and my hometown and she like hugged me and it was a very like wonderful beautiful experience but it was tough it was even when you are coming out in loving supportive families it can be a really um tough and turbulent process to go through so yeah and I love that that's something that you wanted to really tie into the book that 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 it's what happens you know the experiences that can happen after you're already out essentially right. to friends and family and how there is still things to navigate and work through and just like you're saying like you're you didn't know what you were comfortable sharing with your family your family might not have known like if they should ask questions what questions to ask um what did you bring a lot of that kind of experience within college when like that emotional navigation into Sky's experiences, like specifically into the blues? Like, did you bring your blues a little bit into that? Yeah, that's a really good way of saying it. I think that's um, definitely accurate to say. I think if you, you know, if you read the book, there's um, one element or theme in the book with Sky is even though he's openly gay, he's doesn't, he, he feels very hesitant wearing his queerness on his sleeve. He's very conscious about the way he walks. He's conscious about the way he sounds, if he quote unquote sounds gay, right? And those are sort of the the next steps um, in the process after a lot of people come out is feeling comfortable with their queerness being public and being on display and not worrying about it. Um, and it's, it's, obvious, it's honestly a privilege to be able to, to be in a position where you can be openly queer because in many instances that is still it's dangerous to be openly queer um especially if you are trans and so um but yeah so with with sky that's something that he sort of grapples with even though he is openly gay at the beginning of the story um he's still trying to find his way and be comfortable in his own skin being openly gay there's also this undertone of religion that kind of keeps coming back and forth throughout reading the novel. And, you know, I can imagine when you're experiencing that in real life, how much that would, how difficult that would be. Did you have any of those experiences where it felt like, you know, I don't even know how to put it into words because it's clearly something that um, is so is painful. So part of me, I don't, I feel bad asking the question, but I'm wondering if from your experience, you can help share it and others can relate to it. Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, I came from, um, a religious home. My parents, like I said, were supportive and loving, but, um, we grew up going to a Methodist church. And one thing that I thought about before coming out was how are my parents, like not only how my parents going to react to this, how are their friends going to react to this? How is the church community going to react to this? Um, is there going to be gossip behind my back about me coming out? And um, so, yeah, it, it is painful. And, you know, I think we fortunately have made steps forward in, in terms of there being more inclusive churches and more inclusive faith communities in terms of um, being welcoming to LGBTQ people. But there's still a ton of homophobia and uh, transphobia in those spaces. Um, and so, yeah, I think. I think a lot of times people who live in Los Angeles, New York, or Chicago feel like we've made these really big steps forward in terms of inclusivity with LGBTQ people. But 
I don't think that progress has been equally distributed across the country. And in places like Rockledge, Michigan, the fictional town, it still can feel like, you know, you're living 20 or 30 years ago in terms of inclusivity and acceptance. So, um, and a lot of that is tied into, unfortunately, religious belief. Right. So well said. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now, I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae, and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 
310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. back when did you know that you wanted to write this book when did that process begin that began in 2016 which uh it's funny because i wasn't necessarily very aware of it as it was as this was happening but retroactively looking back at that year if you guys don't remember there was a presidential election (laughs) oh that that thing (laughs) i know it's like um and there was a lot of uh, toxicity and divisiveness, obviously, as we can all recall. And um, one of the things that I had been thinking about that year was how Trump's uh, message was really resonating in towns like the one I grew up in, in Michigan. Um, and I saw that a lot of people were jumping on the bandwagon with him. And, and even beyond homophobia or having an anti-queer platform, just the racism, the xenophobia, all the things he represented, it really alarmed me to see that sort of rhetoric really resonating in towns like that I grew up in. And so even though The Sky Blues is not an explicitly political story in any way, it still solidified why I wanted to write a book that sort of centered the queer experience of being you know, young and queer in a small town that still felt like it needed to make many steps forward. So, yeah. I remember actually the first story I covered working for a different publication right after the election was uh, the the very first thing I woke up in the morning and my assignment was to reach out to the Trevor Project and to other LGBTQ organizations because they saw a huge surge in calls to their suicide prevention hotline from young queer people who were terrified that Trump just won. And again, that was another moment where I thought, okay, this book still matters. The story needs to be told. And uh, it sort of cemented why I was doing it. It makes so much sense because you just said you write things a lot. Do you do um, like journals or diaries or anything like that? Or is it more just you write letters to people because for you to, you know, come out to your sister first in a letter. And now it's almost like this sort of love letter to anyone out there who needs it, your book. Um, So have you always been writing? Do you write like 
daily in a journal? Because if so, I'm so impressed. That's amazing. <laughs> no, I don't really have a journal or, a, or like a diary or anything like that. But I did write, um, starting from a really young age, I was always writing short stories or like I get a book idea and start writing it and then like a week later quit. Um, which was often the case. But yeah, as long as I can remember, storytelling and, and writing books and short stories was a big part of um, being creative and kind of having that escapism and that outlet for me. Um, I remember the first book, quote unquote book, that I wrote in uh, fourth grade. We had an assignment to write a book and I wrote about how the seaweed was like, killing me and my aunt Char- my aunt Charlene's lake near Detroit. And it was so much fun to write. I remember being like 10 years old and writing it and having my teacher being impressed with the job I had done and something, a little light bulb went off in my mind. And I thought, okay, this was something I really enjoyed doing. And apparently I'm not bad at it. So maybe I should keep doing it. And yeah, from there on, I, I wrote a lot. <laughs> I love and that. This is your first novel which is a huge feat. So congratulations, truly. Um, how does it feel to accomplish something like such a milestone in your life during a time when our country is also going through huge milestones and taking leaps forward? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a good question. It's like a whirlwind of emotion because in many ways it does feel very celebratory and I'm, I'm so excited about happening with the sky blues and, and having to get out into the world um but yeah it's happening at a moment where i think our country is really grappling with so many things um among them homophobia and transphobia but of course we're having a national reckoning on race and uh and in our corruption in government and all of these bigger issues. So, um, and of course the public health crisis. So uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. And it's, I think I, I both want to be sensitive to the, to the climate that we're in and the world we're living in, but also remember that um, stories can often really be therapeutic and important in these moments. And so hopefully uh, if, when the sky blues does hit shelves next year, it will be, um, a positive thing for a lot of people who are still, you know, in, in the throes of this crazy time that we're living in. Yeah, I think specifically the YA genre is there's something special about it and even healing about it. Like whether regardless of what kind of books you like to read, reading is such a beautiful, powerful thing. But the YA genre specifically in the last like decade, I think it's just, there's so much magic in there um, in, within storytelling that's specific to um, reflecting more of the world that we live in, I think. Are there other YA authors that you love, that you're inspired by, that have kind of inspired you along the, the path of writing your own novel? Yeah, totally. Um, so I, I, there's so many white authors that I can get enough of. Uh, Angie Thomas, who wrote The Hate You Give, if you guys have heard of that book. Um, she's amazing and great. Um, Adam Silvera is also a, a YA author who's, who's written a lot of queer-themed uh, books and stories. Uh, Becky Albertalli, who, of course, wrote Love, Simon, and inspired the whole Love, Simon series was a big inspiration for me. And she's such a sweetheart and amazing. I got the chance to meet her and it was very awesome. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's one thing that's been really great to see, I think, in recent years is the expansion of 
not only the expansion of YA, but whose stories are being told, there's a much bigger tent in terms of queer stories and, and stories coming from people of color. And um, the book publishing industry as a whole still needs to get better at making sure there's more seats at the table. Absolutely. But I think we've made big strides forward. And um, that's really exciting to see because I think especially for young people, it's so important to see themselves in the books that they read, to have, you know, it's it's become a cliche to say representation matters, but it really does matter in, in huge fundamental ways. And uh, hopefully the Sky Blues can, can be that in, in some form or another to some kid out there. Right. How do you think it would have changed you had you had a book like this out when you were 17? Yeah, ooh. Uh, it, that's a really good question because yeah, there weren't any books like, or if there were, they weren't accessible enough in my little corner of the world. Um, I, I think it would have helped help see a future for myself that I think a lot of times young LGBTQ people don't get to see. Um, it's really it's harder to kind of blaze your own path when you feel like. Uh, there's no one out there that's like you and there's not really any role models to look to or any stories to look to that reflect your own experiences. So I think if I had that, it would have given me a little bit more hope that, okay, like I, I can do this. I can make it through. And I'm not, you know, the only person that's struggling or the only person that's going through this, um, which I think is why it's so important to have stories that really reflect the huge spectrum of human experience so that we all can have that experience of knowing that we belong and that we have a future and we're valuable. And just to take that one step further, if you could talk to your 17 year old self, what would you say to him? Uh, oh my gosh, you're going to make me cry. I don't want to make you cry. I'm not trying to. I just want to know that everyone to know that they should love themselves through all of this. Right. Yeah. I would say one day you're going to be on a huge popular podcast talking <laughs> about the experience and it's going to be amazing. Um, you know, I, I would, I would, uh, I would tell young Robbie that things are going to be okay. And you're going to, you're going to find out that your queerness at some point will be a strength and not something that you are afraid of or hesitant to share with the world. I think being openly gay has been a gift to me because it's helped me see the world in ways that I think if I was a straight white guy, maybe I wouldn't have seen the world um, the same way that I see it now. And so it's helped me become more empathetic. And uh, yeah, so I, I think that I would say that it's, it becomes a, a positive and not a negative. One thing I want to make sure that we get to hear about, because it is, you know, a really... F- one of the kind of fun elements of the book is it's the idea of this promposal. And obviously it, it is a catalyst for much more to come. Um, but what was your prom experience? Like literally before we got on the mics, before we, before you joined us, we were all talking about prom when we were younger. Um, so what was your prom experience? Oh God. Speaking of 17 year old selves. (laughs) Fun. I because I was because I wasn't uh, because I wasn't out. It wasn't maybe the prom that I would have fully liked to have. But I was with friends, and um, it, it was still a good time. <laughs> so overall, it was it was great. 
but also very awkward. It was, uh, it was interesting. I'll, I guess I'll leave it at that. But I also like have all of these photos, of course, from prom, like literally in my closet right now. And seeing the photos and just like thinking about the era, just the awkwardness, the weirdness. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's like, that's not just a gay thing. That's just a teenager thing. <laughs> but, it's yeah. definitely oh, yeah. a teenager thing, but it's also amplified when you're still figuring out who you are and don't and haven't been able to tell everyone that. Right. Did you have an Ali like the so the, this character Sky is madly in love with this other character Ali? Uh, yeah. Is it Ali or Ali? Ali? Yeah, no, you're saying it right. Yeah. Ali. Okay. Um, did you have anyone like that? Like massive, massive crushes in high school because that's such a huge part of growing up. And when you're a teenager, I mean, the teenage love. I mean, there's nothing like teenage love. Hey. Right. Um. Yeah, I definitely had. So Sky is very obsessed with Ali. I mean, he's head over heels in love with this guy. Um, I don't think I had any crushes that went to that level, but there was definitely, there was definitely guys I, I, were, I fell for pretty hard. Um, but I also think for me, uh, being when you're still trying to feel comfortable with your queerness and, and feel comfortable in your own skin, it can feel, um, really scary to like let yourself feel those feelings and so i think anytime i was falling for a guy or like felt myself having a crush i did whatever i could to like reel it in and not let myself really like fully experience the crushes which is like very sad and i hope to god that we've made progress and that young queer kids can like be you know happily in love with all the people that they love in high school but um but yeah i there was one kid i won't say his last name but his first name was Brian. And he was, yeah, he was, he was my Ali. Like he was the closest to my Ali that I got. And any word he said, I think I like would just melt. It was that sort of situation. Um, but yeah, but Sky, Sky falls really hard for Ali. I feel for him. I love it. That was my crush style. There was no in between. It was either like, no, I'm in love and I'm obsessed. And this is all I think about all day, every day. Um, yeah. or just, that was it. But I was, I'm like, crushes are the best thing. Like that's the, that's the I front thing that I think, you know, just for anyone who's young listening, like lean into the crushes, just feel it all. <laughs> it's so fun to have a crush. Like it's so fun. No, one thing I was thinking about too, with, with crushes is I didn't have like, you know, I graduated from high school in 2007. So we had MySpace, but social media was nothing like it is today. And I feel like just today where you're able to like stalk the person and like everything about their life. Like, I feel like that would be a blessing, but also probably more. (laughs) Like I, that would take me down some pretty scary rabbit holes. Yeah, our rabbit holes were not as uh, elaborate, we'll say, in in our age, that's for sure. I think um, one of my biggest traumatizing stories of having a crush is, I mean, this is before computers and like, you know, we we didn't have tablets and cell phones yet in school. Okay, this is how dating, I'm dating myself completely. But I had one of those like three ring binders and then I had paper on top and I was writing and tracing like my name and my crush's name. And then I lifted the paper up and I realized it had indented the plastic (gasps) of the binder. And I was mortified because I was like, oh, my God, everyone's going to see this. They're going to know. No one noticed. I mean, you know, like no one even sees the indent in the plastic. But when you're young, something that simple is so traumatizing and makes you feel like the whole world's going to know your secret. 
That is so true. It's it's like a horrifying feeling. I remember yeah. like, with um like with MySpace. Do you guys remember like the top eight thing where you put like, yeah, oh yeah eight and, Tom like, and everybody else basically right, right. <laughs> and like it was it became so political and I remember like contemplating like should I put this person in my top eight if I like am crushing on this person or like would that give away too much or my gosh such silly stuff but I agree yes lean into your crushes feel all the feelings you're only a teenager once (laughs) (laughs) I know we were talking about too it's um you know that teenagers are missing out on proms you know they're missing out on such like big pivotal moments where even if everyone's kind of trajectory within high school and who they were in high school and who they become after high school is so different um, that these things that kind of like socially cement us together where it's like you could be at a dinner party with a bunch of people where you grew up completely different from one another, but everyone can talk about prom or like, you know, first dates or getting your license or homecoming weekends um, generally for the most part. Uh, And they're not really having that right now, but you know, they're kind of missing out on that. Have you, you know, I know that you, have you kind of seen any of that or do you have any thoughts or feelings for any, anyone who's going through that, I guess? Yeah, no, it's tough. And it's so unprecedented. I mean, like to live through a pandemic where everything is canceled. It's so rough. One of my, um, cousins graduated high school this past spring and it was just that situation where everything got canceled and then the whole going away to college and all of the things you experienced and you you know like the fall semester of your freshman year at college like everything is canceled or changed very dramatically that's really really rough and we actually had a moment in the in drafting the sky blues where we kind of questioned how much we wanted covid to be a part of the story if we wanted to be a part of the story at all because it was Right in the final, the final uh, drafts was when everything started really going downhill, and we kind of made the very intentional, conscious decision to have Sky's World be in a, essentially a COVID-free world where the pandemic didn't take place because we sort of thought, you know, we hope that this book can be a form of escapism and kind of just be this fictional world, and I think people are sort of craving that sort of content and those sorts of stories now more than ever living in quarantine and under these crazy conditions. So we kind of went that direction with it. Um, and maybe people read about prom and feel like, well, I hope they don't feel like they're missing out because that would be sad. But, um, but yeah, but you're right. It's, it's a crazy time. And, um, I feel for all the people who have missed out on those big life events. I mean, I have to tell you, I thoroughly felt like I escaped when I read the book. And now that not until this moment did I realize it's because it was not anything, not about being political, not about COVID, not about it felt so nostalgic. It felt um, so lovely. I mean, it's so relatable. There's this moment where Sky, your lead character, isn't invited to Ali's party. And every single one of us can relate to that. Every single one of us have not been invited somewhere and really felt left out and wanted to go so badly. And so there's so many elements of it that you just feel like you're transported back to high school. Um, and for those who didn't have the best high school experience, it's fun to live through Sky because 
he is bold, he's brave, he's fun. And there's so much about him um, that I think a lot of us wish we had when we were 17, uh, yourself included, I guess, because you had said that, Robbie. So I just think that the book is, um, you're right, the purest form of escapism. And um, I know that when it comes out in April 2021, I think it's April 6th, correct? Yeah, yeah, that people people will absolutely still need this and want this and crave this. Um, so for those of you reading just or listening, make sure you um, check out this book because it's all of this and more. It's really, truly great. And you are so witty and funny. And I fell in love with you just reading your book. <laughs> truly. Yeah, that, like that was my ego is going to like burst through this. <laughs> Oh careful God. your hat might fall off I know. you guys in the beginning <laughs> right as we signed on robbie was like sorry i um i'm sorry i'm having a bad hair day my my hat i have a hat and he's, you're still so cute with your hat <laughs> but yes the hat will remain, the hat will remain. <laughs> do you feel that the lgbtq plus community is more authentically represented in media currently do you like do you are you feeling that are you encouraged by that um yeah when you turn on your tv or or go to a bookstore whenever you can in these days but <laughs> for sure yeah no i i totally think that's the case um i i think there's progress to be made and still need to make steps forward but compared to even when i was growing up like will and grace was so such a groundbreaking show when I was in elementary middle school uh, because it was like two gay characters or a very queer story on primetime television. And um, it was so groundbreaking in such big ways. Um, but looking back now, and I don't mean this at all as a criticism of Will and Grace, but looking back now, there's a lot of leaning into stereotypes and the depiction of queer life that I think was on display in that show. Um, although definitely progress at the time, I think nowadays might be received a little bit differently because we've made such progress. And I think a really big part of that is making sure that LGBTQ people are allowed to tell their own stories and that they're not being created by, you know, mm -hmm. white guys behind the scenes, but that LGBTQ people of all walks walks of life are able to um, be the creators, be the directors, um, and step up and, and tell their own stories. And that's why it's so exciting to have people like Laverne Cox and Ryan Murphy and other people in Hollywood who really blaze trails and open doors. And um, Greg Berlanti, there's, there's so many that have really um, paved the way for a more inclusive uh, Hollywood and more inclusive uh, book publishing industry. So yeah, I think we've I think we've made big steps forward, um, but there's work to be done. There's definitely work to be done. That's what that's what I was going to ask is, do you think it's enough right now? We, there's still much more work to be done, right? Yeah, I, I totally think so. And I think, too, there's still whenever there's a scarcity of a certain type of story, only certain stories seem to get made, which is sort of the point I was making earlier about like the coming out experience. I think that's been kind of the go-to story that a lot of queer people um, have told in books and in movies and, and television, which of course, it's not a bad thing. Like the coming out experience is an important part and mm -hmm. those stories should be told. But until we have LGBTQ characters and, and stories that really reflect like the wide variety of the lived experience and not just about being queer or not just about coming out. I think that's when we'll really feel like we've made it. But I think queer stories are still oftentimes sort of 
pigeonholed into being like a queer story. And I think we can still do better at making sure that we're expanding that. So it's really reflecting the the full experience of being alive. <laughs> do you have a message for any um, of the LGBTQ plus youth that might be listening to this interview um, in something that might be, feel, if they're feeling isolated right now, especially given that we're all kind of in isolation in 2020, um, something that they might need to hear? Yeah, I think that's a really important point because there's actually been some research that has shown that LGBTQ kids who are in quarantine, maybe in with families who don't support them or in communities that don't support them, this has been an especially rough time to feel like they don't have an outlet to escape to. So I'm glad you asked that because I think it's it's really important. I I think it can feel when you're young, like the moment you're living in is everything. And sometimes really hard to picture where you'll be six months from now or a year from now or five years from now. Um, but as cliche as it sounds, it really does get better. And as you grow up and as you find the people that you love and the people who you're able to make your own chosen family with, it's going to be wonderful and it's going to be great. And we're going to get through this incredibly hard time. And, uh, there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. That's so great. Well, okay. I know that after this interview, so many people are going to want to follow you. So can we get your socials? Uh, yeah, for sure. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm at Robbie underscore couch on Twitter and just at Robbie couch on Instagram. Um, yeah. And please yeah, also, <laughs> side note question for you. Why do you have such a huge fear of birds? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I, like, do you have a whole other episode to talk about birds? <laughs> I just started- is this part of the book? Wait, did I miss <laughs> no, something? No, this is nothing part, nothing a part of the book. He just, <laughs> like, on all of his socials, <laughs> on all of his socials, if you go on, you can see where he says I, he has a massive fear of birds. And you can tell it's real. Yeah. Oh, I hate birds. I truly, I don't, I don't mean like harm on birds. Like I don't encourage anyone like going out and killing birds. They don't, I, whatever. <laughs> leave but I just don't want them around me. I've had many <laughs> growing up where birds have given me a rough time and I just feel like I'm I'm over it <laughs> I'm done and it's funny because I wasn't uh, a part of every step of like the creative process in terms of like the book cover and stuff and there's a ton of books or a ton of birds all over the sky those like cover and in the chapters and people were like oh gee, was that like a conscious decision that you put birds all over it and I was like I did not make that call (laughs) I still love the cover but it's actually poetic in a way I love it it's so funny (laughs) well we have thoroughly loved talking to you Robbie you're so fun and so lovely thank you for sharing your story with us and with everyone else that's listening and um, you are such an inspiration oh my gosh thank you guys so much for having me I love your podcast I relate to it so much I'm like in your shoes so it was truly like an honor to be chatting with you thank you so much I'm loving sitting down with uh with writers and authors right now it's definitely getting me ready to to cuddle up and and read books as if I'm gonna have any time but you know, you will only have time until the baby's here. So I would say get started now. I'm like, I say that as I'll be like a milk machine, you know, just with udders out, you know, 
but but, I, but maybe you can just tell me about the books, Kayla. That's well, what that's I'm going to do. When you could listen to podcasts or listen to books on tape, Audible is always great for that. There are times when you can do that. But you know what? The truth is you're going to have your hands busy for a little while. <laughs> and I totally <laughs> get it. Um, but as far as like, I feel like since I've known you, Candace, you were always the one with your summer reading stack of books. And you would always say, oh, no, this is my stack of books I'm reading this summer. And I was always so impressed because you usually got through most of them. And I would say it was like seven or eight books, novels. I know. Children sucked it out of me. They've they've <laughs> now I've now I'm just like on my celebrity gossip websites scrolling, just reading headlines, <laughs> being like, wow. Can you believe that scandal? Like that that's like the extent of my reading at this point. But I I, I want to get back. I feel like I usually get back like after Florence was born, I a couple months later I got back into the reading groove. Um but it was funny. We I had a I had a, a sitter when Florence was really little once and I had this book that I was like, okay, I can do this. I can have a like a couple month old baby and read a book. Women do this all the time. I can do this. Never cracked the book open once. I think I got like two pages on an airplane. And so uh, for my birthday, we'd had like a babysitter and, um, and I remember coming back and she was like, I hope you don't mind. I hope this isn't weird, but I saw this book laying there and I just like, I, I just couldn't put it down. Like I read almost all of it. And I was just like, what? Like, I wasn't offended that she read my book. I was more offended. I was like, how? But how have you, like, how did you not end up like in a puddle of your own saliva sleeping? Like, how would you stay awake reading a book with a baby? Because she only had to watch the kid for a few hours. You this have the kid true. all the time. That's the difference. You guys, if you need a good book come spring, make sure you check out The Sky Blues by Robbie. We are such fans of his and the book is truly such an escape. Um, and let's be honest, we all need that right now. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged. We have another great one coming up. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.